to Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Let's begin with our very first question, which is a very important one that comes from Benjamin. Hi, Benjamin. My name is Benjamin, but I very like Christmas and Halloween, and my question is... Why do funguses grow sometimes? Hmm, that is a great question. Why do funguses grow sometimes? Well, it's such a good question. And it's funny how when you're out and about looking around the garden or the park or out for a walk, you'll see mushrooms and other fungi pop up overnight. All growing around trees, they get quite big, don't they? Well, the more you look, the more you'll see. They're all around us. But why do they grow? That is a great question. And to answer it for you, I have called in the help of Merlin Sheldrake. Merlin is a biologist who studies fungi and he's lived in lots of interesting places around the world looking at them. And he's written a brilliant book for grown-ups about them called Entangled Life. He knows so much about them. I thought he would be the perfect person to answer your question, Benjamin. Over to Merlin. My name is Merlin Sheldrake and I'm a biologist specialising in the subject of fungi. And the question of why do fungi grow is a really good one and there are lots of ways to think about this. But I think maybe the best way to go is to think about how fungi eat and that fungi grow so that they can find and digest food. When we think of fungi, we, we normally think of mushrooms. But mushrooms are just the reproductive structures of fungi, a little bit like apples on an apple tree. And most fungi live most of their lives not as mushrooms, but as branching networks of cells called mycelium. Mycelium is how fungi feed. Animals usually go around and put food inside their bodies, but fungi do something different. They put their bodies inside their food. They grow into their food. These fungal networks, they can be huge. One of the largest known organisms in the world is a fungal network in the United States that grows over an area of nearly 10 square kilometers. And if you take a teaspoon of healthy soil and unravel the fungal networks within it, they would stretch somewhere between 100 meters and 10 kilometers. Fungi grow also to produce spores, which are a little bit like plant seeds. They are the ways that fungi can spread themselves over large areas. Fungi release around 50 million tons of spores every year, and which is equivalent to the weight of 500,000 blue whales. And these fungal spores, when they travel around in the air, they can influence the weather because they trigger the formation of water droplets in the atmosphere, which can cause rain to fall. So thanks for the question. It's a great question. And there are so many more wonderful and peculiar things about fungi. I do hope you'll keep inquiring. Thank you so much, Merlin, for your wonderful answer about fungi. Isn't that amazing that fungi grow into their food? The largest organism in the world, fungal network, 10 square kilometres in size. And just think about that, 50 million tonnes of spores a year, the weight of 50,000 blue whales, all floating around in the air. 
sent out by fungi. Isn't that amazing? So many spores that they can influence the weather. Well, it's blowing my mind thinking about all this. Thank you so much, Merlin, for your answer. And I hope you write a book for children. I've heard that you might be going to. So look out for that, kids. I hope that answers your question, Benjamin. And thank you for sending it in. And now it's time for our next question, which comes from Ethan. Over to Ethan. Hello, my name is Ethan. I'm from New South Wales, Australia, and I'm three years old. My question is, how do bicycles move? Hi, Ethan. Thank you so much for sending such a wonderful question. Well, when I got this question, the first person that popped into my mind to answer it was called Maria Popover. She writes a blog, which I totally love, called Brain Pickings. It's full of interesting poems and thoughts and extracts from books, lots of children's books actually as well, that caught her fancy. Now she's renamed it and it's called The Marginalia. Maria loves the colour yellow and often posts pictures of her bicycle on Instagram, which she rides around Brooklyn and New York City where she lives. So I asked her to answer the question, which she did in the Everything Under the Sun book. She sent me a piece of writing which has gone into the book on page 23, which is the day that we have the question and answer for January the 24th. And I'm going to read Maria's answer to you now. January the 24th. How do bicycles move? Answered by Maria Popover. A bicycle is a love song of metal and rubber, a triumph of grace over gravity. It was made real in the 1800s by a young German man who wanted to help his country when a famine left horses too hungry to carry people. He built a wooden contraption with iron tires, which he called a running machine. It didn't have pedals. You pushed it off the ground with your feet, like you do now when you're learning to ride a modern bicycle. Its funny contraption was slowly improved when others added pedals to propel it faster, and then a chain to transfer the pedal power to the wheel. And then inflatable rubber tires to make the ride smoother, then gears to make it go faster still. Today, you get to sit on a small cushion triangle, press into the pedals and glide gloriously down the street. But in the end, a bicycle works like life works, propelled only by where you want to go and how hard you're willing to push to get there. I hope that answers your question, Ethan, and thank you for sending it in. You can read the answer to your question on page 23 of the Everything Under the Sun book. I'm sure you've got a copy, but if you haven't, you better get yourself one. Beautifully illustrated with three people riding a bicycle, one as a dog in the back. And now it's time for our third and final question, which is about kangaroos. And it comes from Etta. Over to Etta. Hi, Molly. My name is Etta. I'm seven. I like painting and watching TV. My question is, why do kangaroos have a pouch? Etta, that's a really good question. Hmm, it's so funny the way kangaroos have pouches. Imagine if we had them. They'd be so handy as then we wouldn't need to take a bag out with us. We could just pop things like our phone and keys and when you're going to school, maybe a water bottle you could pop in there, your reading books, and then you could just pop off to school like a kangaroo. Well, 
Why do kangaroos have pouches? Hmm. Well, kangaroos are in a group of mammals called marsupials, and they all have pouches to carry their babies in. This marsupial family includes koalas, wombats, and the wallaby. The pouch actually has an official name. It's called a marsupium. M-A-R-S-U-P-I-U-M. Marsupium. And it's there so that kangaroos can carry their babies around with them wherever they go, even when they're hopping around and the babies won't fall out. The reason why kangaroos need a pouch is that their babies, who are called joeys, are really, really, really tiny when they're born. They only grow inside their mother for one month before they're born. Whereas human babies take nine months to grow before they're born. Can you guess how big a baby joey is when it first pops out? It's the size of a baked bean. That is so small. You can imagine a kangaroo could easily lose its joey if it didn't know it was safely tucked inside its pouch. Kangaroos like to keep them there whilst they grow. And what happens is the newborn baby is born the size of a jelly bean, but it has a very good sense of smell and quickly finds its mother's milk. It crawls from the place it was born to the place where it can find milk inside the pouch. And it only takes it three minutes to get there once it's born. Then, when the joey is safely in the pouch, drinking milk, there it stays. And did you know that a joey isn't strong enough to suck? So, the mother's teat squirts out little sips of milk for the joey. But the joey misses a lot of it. So the mother cleans out her pouch a lot by licking up spare milk the joey missed. So, recycling the milk. When the joey is grown, around eight months later, out it goes from the pouch to begin hopping around in the world. By this time, often a new joey has come along and that gets to live in the pouch for eight months, drinking milk and being safely tucked in there, hopping around inside its mum's pouch. Only female kangaroos have a pouch because they're needed for their babies. Yes, the daddies don't have one. I hope that answers your question, Etta, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Merlin Sheldrake for talking to us about fungi. And to Etta, Benjamin and Ethan for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. Remember, if you have a question you would like answered on Everything Under the Sun, then borrow a grown-up's phone, say your name, your age, a bit about yourself and send me your question. And I'll answer it on a podcast soon and hopefully pop it into the new Everything Under the Sun book, which I'm working on right now. In the meantime, get yourself a copy of Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year. It's such a beautiful book, if I do say so myself, because it's been illustrated by 12 artists. So it's full of colour and drawings and all of your questions and lots of brilliant answers. I hope you have a wonderful week filled with lots of fun. I hope you spot some fungi and get to ride your bicycle. And you never know, if you live in Australia, you might see a joey peeking out of a kangaroo's pouch. Sending you lots of sunshine. Thank you for listening. Do share this with your friends and goodbye. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists 
to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi James, I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.